0: Welcome everybody to Self Storage Income. And uh, we are like 2023 to 2024, what a year 2023 was. And uh, the Fed dominated, really, really dominated the whole, well, everything, but especially the narrative and the market itself. And we're, we're gonna talk about the Fed today because the market has rejoiced as the Fed changed its narrative. Now, um, we want to be very clear on what it means, because I think there's a lot of uh, almost misunderstanding. I think a lot of people, when I hear people talking about what the Fed said that they're doing, um, the Fed never said what most people think. And it's an interesting thing that happens. um, But, so I think first of all, we can dive straight into that because we, we need to talk about what this action means for storage and what it means for our industry, how it affects it, and uh, how you should be thinking about it, both on the, in the terms of the asset itself, meaning the buying and trading and selling of storage facilities, the investment asset, but then the operating and the customers the demand of the asset and these are two pretty big different these are two different sides But they are both 100 percent affected as we saw in 2023 with the fed's decision and rising interest rates Mm -hmm.
1: no i'm really excited to dive into it um i mean obviously the fed like you said really did kind of change their tone right uh powell's out there talking about uh higher 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 and then suddenly it's like um we're not going to do anything and we're actually going to plan on lowering it was it three times in 2024
0: well and that's the funny thing is he actually never said that. Is that. Yeah. And that's. But like everybody thinks he said that we're going to drop lower, rates three times, three times everything yeah. else. And he never said that. He never even said he was going to lower rates. Interesting. And because so, that's what I've been hearing. All yes. That's thing. what everybody's been talking about I'm and hearing. And, and it, dive into that. He actually stated, and it's not that it wasn't significant, but what what happened was when we had a, there There were reporters asking him questions and there was one question that they asked him. And basically he more laid out a plan or an idea that the question that was asked was, if there isn't a recession, is there still an avenue or a possibility that rates might lower? Because they've been very clear that if we, if they needed to move and lower interest rates due to a big recession that they would right um they would obviously be willing to do that that's their job but they're uh, i guess that's even a better place hold on here the fed's job everyone for those listening that don't know they are simply here to create stabilization of the uh market in terms of capital and prices of goods and services so they're they're here to make sure that the value and the price of capital and goods and services all maintained because those are affected by the monetary supply, uh, or excuse me, by the uh, overall amount of capital in the economy in terms of cash and debt, and the overall supply and access to it. And they do that through constraining the money supply and growing it. I've talked a lot about this. I had a big podcast on this whole subject here uh, on our Saving Capitalism podcast. You guys can go check that out because I went way in depth in it. Didn't really talk about storage at all in it because I don't talk necessarily about that, but went way more deep in, into the actions and what happens. And so, th- th- what they're doing is they are trying to control and stabilize uh, prices. And when we have inflation, those prices are unstable. So inflation is caused because you have too much money chasing too few goods and services. That is because you have too much money in the system. The money supply is too much. And so they contract the money supply. They try to get rid of money, which then lowers inflation. Uh, And they do that through debt because money is debt. And so they rise interest rates, making it unaffordable to take out debt, therefore constraining the money going through in the system. Simple right there. That's what they're doing. And that's what they do. So rising interest rates stops that. Okay. Um, now, they have been doing that as they combated inflation. But the few things the Fed never expected was nobody did. I certainly did not only anybody else did that unemployment and the economy wouldn't slow down. And the reason why is because there was so much cash. And there's so much capital still even on the sidelines and everybody had reserves and so the cash was really hard to get out of the system and i talk about this a lot it's really easy to put four trillion dollars into the economy right that's really actually simple Mm -hmm. it is really hard to get it out yeah and you don't you don't (laughs) it has to evaporate and that is caused through contractions and recessions so the fed actually wanted unemployment to go up They wanted GDP activity to drop because that's what happens. If you have unemployment, people aren't spending money anymore. So there's less money, there's contraction. So recessions are how you combat, right, uh, demand. And the Fed does, this is called business cycles. So the Fed is almost always the one that is responsible for recessions. A lot of people don't understand that. But they change the interest rates as interest rates rise the economy contracts. Then they lower interest rates and the economy expands. This is how they work the system in a system like we have in the United States, right? So in the United States, we have a fiat currency. We are the world's largest currency and global currency. So the currency is not pegged to gold, which means it is fudgible, And we have a banking system that is used to deploy capital and leverage. So every dollar that goes in, it can be leveraged up 10 times. Obviously, you can see how that works on the contrary. If you can't leverage, if you put a dollar into the system, but then nobody borrows it, instead of that dollar becoming 10 or 15 or 20, now it only becomes five. That's a big swing and contraction. So what we have is this money that was in it. Now, what that did was when times were going up, There's so much money that everybody was chasing storage facilities. Everybody wanted to buy assets. Why? Because money's being devalued. Prices are going up. Everybody's making money by owning assets. So that caused cap rates to go down, prices to go up. It also created a housing market that was booming because money was free and that created huge customer demand for storage. So that is at the point where I said, hey, we're in a bubble because I was like, this is all artificially driven by the Fed. Right. Um, And it was overdone. It was so far overdone wild Um, that obviously the Fed ended, contracted um, because of inflation what does that mean now what did we hear from the fed and what does it mean to storage moving forward into 2024 this is what's important for you to know the two sides that were benefited from low interest rates was the price of the trading and buying and selling of assets and then also the huge demand for our product in the economy because lower interest rates meant housing prices people were buying toys you could just there was more activity more people were changing money was free after COVID, and so demand exploded um that in 20 23 changed demand for the asset and demand for the product both dropped and we had more competitive environment that we haven't had in a long long time and so you had price drops and then cap rates rose so then all of a sudden there were buy ask price to buy the asset was crazy the spread was huge so you had less transactions right and that was the slowing down of our industry what the fed stated in an answer to a question was that it didn't necessarily mean that we would need to be in a recession for them to lower rates. This is a big difference, right? This is a big change. They basically paved a mental visual path that they could be lowering interest rates, even if we weren't into a recession and what that may look like. Now, there's two sides of this that gets very complicated that we have to understand. The first is the Fed does not like to do anything during election years. In fact, in the history of the United States, in the final months up to an election, the Fed has only um, changed interest rates one time. That was be-
1: going to be one big question yes. for me. Like, how does the politics aspect... Again, it's not supposed to be you know, yeah. affected by these things, but it absolutely is. Yes. There's a correlation there. They're terrified of So it. The yeah. Fed is
0: terrified of it because they that threatens what is supposed to be. So when elections come, they don't want to do things. They want to literally step back. They will if they have to, but in their mind, it's this next year is going to be do as little as possible. Mm -hmm. And when the elections come, don't touch anything. Don't change anything. So what I think is really going on and people are looking at, if the Fed does need to if they're going to drop interest rates, whether there's a recession or not, they need to look at that prior to summer. This is also um, that much more sticky because we don't have as many meetings this year. So we have one, and then the other one's kicked off. So the June one was kicked off and it's closer to elections. So basically, I think it means that if the Fed's gonna do something, they have to do it quick. They have to set a path forward. But they opened the door, and the reason why this was huge and why everybody flipped out was because it was a complete, not complete reversal, but it was a change in the sentiment overall. Right, Right. There was no hints at all prior. It was like, no, we're going to keep rising rates, everything else. So that led them with some other questions that there was this idea that we have felt the pain and that pain um, we're aware of, and it could get worse, but they also, the Fed is stuck with high employment, rising incomes. And so it's a weird spot to be in. Um, now, the map forward and what it looks like, I actually do believe they will lower interest rates, but I don't believe it'll be dramatic. And this is what the Fed, I believe, is doing. So instead, they have two tools. First of all, the Fed has the cost of money, interest rates. The second tool that they have is their balance sheet. And what we've seen is that the Fed loaded up their balance sheet. And now, instead of necessarily even dropping rates, the big thing they changed was they're reducing the balance sheet. I believe that is the play for 2024. Why? Because that's not nearly as political. So interest rates are a very visceral thing. We can see it. You can feel it. It hits Main Street. The Fed's balance sheet and upping it and lowering it, people don't notice that, right? And so I I believe that they're gonna be doing a balance sheet play way more than interest rates, but I do believe they will start to lower interest rates. I am very nervous about it. And the reason why I'm nervous about it is this, the Fed doesn't need to do anything to change markets. They can literally do it with their words. And the reaction that we saw After they did that, markets exploded. Oh, I'm sure. And that scares me because the Fed may look at that and go, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not going to rise interest rates because the mere thought of us doing it and mapping out maybe what may be a plan or anything, the markets just erupted. Everything went up and uh, they may go, the market, we can't do it. If we lower interest rates, this is going to be a free-for-all and then we're going to have to increase interest rates to stop it again because their biggest fear is this. Price instability of uh, goods and services, right? You saw what happened prior to Paul Volcker uh, with Carter when they they got inflation to kind of come down, then they eased monetary policy, and then interrupted back, and it was even worse. And Paul Volcker had to basically destroy the economy to get it under control. It, was, it got that bad. That is what they don't want. So if they think that doing that would all of a sudden create a burst of demand and push us back into inflation. They won't, they'll keep it going down. So it makes me nervous that the market and how heated it got. Now, what does this all mean for storage in us? The first is, like I said, the idea of it alone. So if we do get interest rates that start to lower, which I believe they will, it'll be very small, Um, But the market alone lowered interest rates. Mm -hmm. So just the thought of it and everything, right, then all of a sudden the market reacted and interest rates dropped. So if they start that, we could actually see a bigger drop in interest rates, not because the Fed said it, but because the market changed its overall view on the pricing of bonds and everything else. And then you don't need as much interest to buy it. So interest rates drop and the market eases on the cost of capital. And I think we'll see more of that. So we could see a uh, more significant change, but it's not going to be huge. And I think this is the point. High interest rates will remain through next year. And as far as historical goes, it's important to remember that people say we want to get back to normal. Well, normal is nothing like we've ever seen over the last decade and a half. Like, we never lived in an environment of, you know, the Fed, particularly. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can even see the chart that we have here behind Connor. But you can see, historically speaking, that prior to the early 2000s, we basically never had the federal funds target rates at below four. It happened briefly and just below four, only a couple times. Now, you need to remember that the Fed was basically at zero after 2008. So that is an astronomical difference from the historical norm. And in the last 15 real years, outside 2023, uh, we only had a brief time before 2020 that their target rate even got above 2%. That means that we have been at levels that we've never seen anything, not even that we've never seen, we've never seen anything remotely close to it. So the question then becomes that really needs to understand if you're investing, if you're buying, what is normal? And I would argue to say that the federal fund target rate below 2% is not only not normal, but it may not even be sustainable. Are you a new self-storage investor and want to know what that facility is worth, what the risk is, how to underwrite it. Well, that's exactly what we do in a feasibility study. A feasibility study, we actually look at the market for you. We look at the finances, the underwriting, we show you where the upside is, the downside and all the risk. That is actually what you can provide to banks to get capital and investors. It's a big worksheet, which most banks actually require. So if you wanna know what a storage facility is worth that you're looking at come to us follow the link in the show notes and we will tell you one of the best ways to optimize
1: management and to increase the value of your self-storage facility is through property management. And that means you're going to need really good property management software. That's where Tenant Inc. comes in. These guys have a huge amount of tools at your fingertips that you guys can deploy to extract the maximum amount of value at your storage facility. Again, this is Tenant Inc. Be sure to check them out. They're all things property management. It's truly your one-stop shop.
0: Check them out. Link is in the show notes. And I think that the Fed, although the cost of debt, they want lower interest rates due to the cost of debt, particularly for the government, but you also have to remember that they lose their tools. So if you have interest rates that are low, meaning zero, and you go into a recession, the Fed has lost its major weapon against that. All of a sudden, what do you do, right? It's a very scary spot to be in. Um, so they don't want to, like right now, if we're in a recession, easy. you take it from you could drop interest rates in half. It will immediately spur the economy, right? Mm-hmm. They have tools that they can use. So I, I I think that we do need to readjust our expectations and um, I don't think you should be planning on it. So storage, how this will affect it. Demand for storage is massive still. Even in high interest rates, we we have seen a it, there used to be an a, an exact relationship between interest rates and pricing within storage. Um, And the spread was relatively large. That's kind of gotten thrown out. And the reason why is investor demand and pressure for it. So um, those spreads are kind of wacko right now. And uh, I think that anything that gives an opportunity for people to be competitive and buy storage, they will take. Lower interest rates, prices on storage will return, um, which will then return buyers to the market. So uh, sellers will follow the buyers that are willing to pay prices and you'll have assets transact more the problem that we have though is that it's not just the asset side it's also the operation side and that problem is that our customers right um and that demand that has gotten way lower uh, what does it take on there to bring that demand up where do we get back so we have a trailing 12 right now of higher occupancies and at lower rates well what what do the customers in the market need to stop that and i think it's a combination i think we need lower supply and we need the housing market to return to a normal now supply takes it takes years right that's there's a time that it takes to transact so when we look overall then at the housing market will it return in 2024 i believe the housing market will get better it will improve due to the interest rates um, and due to just demand overall, people needing houses, but it won't be like it was in the past. Um, and so it, it'll still be slower, right? But it, it will come back somewhat.
1: But I think so. And I think people are going to have a healthy level, I guess you could say, of of FOMO, they'll see rates go down and say, okay, now's the time. Got to jump in. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see a lot of that for sure, both on the buy side uh, and the trading of assets side, and then also, you know, on more of the consumer side and housing and moving and those things. But like you said... Uh, especially like we've seen in our area specifically that whole supply demand situation oh, that's like crazy
0: we really haven't seen a huge drop no. in values i mean no. values are still really high and we were um, one of the most overvalued markets in the entire united states <laughs> and we have not seen a correction yeah that no, was wild so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and then
1: too when you were talking one of the questions I don't know if, because like you said, there's a very real effect of the Fed just says something and then there's a reaction, like they don't even have to make a decision. No. Um, and we've seen that in, in the positive, so to speak, but that can also happen in the negative. A hundred percent. Where if they come in and they say... We're
0: not doing this. We're not raising interest rates. In fact, we may up it. Yes. You know, so what yeah. what happens when they do that? Yeah. Right. And that uh, that is a... Uh, so the first thing is we have to understand the the Fed switching the markets actually don't mind we 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 don't mind down markets up markets what we don't like is uncertainty exactly right nobody wants uncertainty <laughs> Shot so, the markets man. exactly yeah. that is that freezes everything everybody mm-hmm. just stops so the hint that the fed says we may reverse people know the fed doesn't jump around they don't change things a lot so with that stating that gave that path moving forward where everybody didn't have the path right now like everybody's like, we don't even know what's gonna happen. Are we going up? Are we going down? And then markets just stop, right? The financial markets. And so now that they've opened up that road, right? If the Fed did come back and reverse it, yet that would be that would be damaging. And it's important to know because even after the Fed made the announcement, they came and made like another announcement where they like had to clarify where it was like hold on here, everybody, you're getting way carried away, right? And like reiterate, we're not saying we're going to do anything. Because that's what made them nervous. Mm -hmm. There's now an expectation of us to do it. And if we don't, it's going to shock the market. So they're like, we got to make this very, very clear. Right? Um, And that so that would be very damaging. And that is my fear right there. Mm -hmm. My fear is that the market overreacts. And they heat up And then the Fed goes back and reverses it and says, guys, we, you know, we didn't even do anything. And now inflation is going back up. Mm -hmm. We're done. And that would be very, very damaging um, to the market. Now, overall storage, um, I believe that we've hit a bottom. So in rates, right now, occupancies, we are returning back to our new normal. And so it's even hard to call that a bottom. I don't know that I'd even call it a bottom. Right. I I think we're just within the range of normal. Yeah. Like you said, I think we've seen a bottom as far as where street rates are going to be at. Because it's just not sustainable uh, for
1: anybody uh, to keep street rates as low as they are. And hopefully, uh, and we've seen this in the past, the problem is is you have the REITs that come into these markets, and they're in a lot more markets than they used to be, that are commanding and driving these street rates down. Um, and that makes it really really hard to compete um, for these uh, operators like us private owners right so um, we also have to play that game once they come in because we can't we can't say well yeah we're just gonna keep our street rates high yeah and get anybody to move in yeah <laughs> you just can't yeah. do that can't do that you gotta play the game gotta play the game and uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see if there are ways where I know for us specifically I've been thinking a lot about how do we, 'Cause we've done it before, going into markets and being the market leader yes. in street rates. Yes. How do
0: we do that again? Yes. You
1: know? And yeah. is there opportunity to do that again?
0: And I think that there is, and that the the front facing will really depend on efficiency on the back end. How efficient are you at your marketing, getting people in, and how efficiency how efficient are you at lifting the rates internally? Mm-hmm. And then the street rates will manifest that externally um but as long as new supply is coming on people don't do that and one of the things that we have a problem with is in markets where new supply was coming on you don't get to shut it off so they started in 2022 well they're they've got the money they're building they don't get to turn it off even though their rates that they planned on are half of what they were they're still going to open it then they have to fill it so then they're going to drop the rates even lower because then they got to fill it up And so that's the problem so if you're in 2024 if you're going into a market and there is a lot of inventory coming on you should be very concerned um if i'm in a small market i don't want to see anybody coming in Mm. nobody um because that is the thing that takes that away the supply side is your either uh savior or your death sentence it really is because a tight market Street rates will rise. Occupancies will go high. But in a market where there is more supply than there is demand, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. And new inventory is the worst because they don't even have a baseline. And so they got to fill up and they're looking at, well, the difference of me getting 10 cents per square foot a month versus a buck a square foot a month. But at a buck i have no one then it doesn't matter that a buck a square foot it's irrelevant because it's actually zero Mm -hmm. so then it's 10 cents is better than zero so then they'll be all but giving completely for free away why because anything is better than zero and that's the game that they play until they fill up so that's why the new supply is so scary and damaging and you're dealing with people that had high cost now their debt cost is high, mm-hmm. and so they have to fill up to pay debt at any cost. Right? It's just, uh, and so they get very desperate and they start doing things like that. That's that's the concern. And new supply is still coming on, and it's coming on actually a lot in some areas. Mm-hmm. And I I think that people are trying to justify things, and the supply came into markets where it shouldn't have been coming into. Right. It was already overdone. The rates were all occupancies were already dropping. And uh, basically, people just don't know how to underwrite storage in storage well, markets.
1: Yeah, and like you said, so much of that played into that artificial uh, that mm-hmm. artificial supply and demand yep. increase in just in, in the overall value of the asset class. Yeah. I mean, they believed it was reality. Yep, I think that was a huge issue. And we saw, uh, you know, a lot of these developments you know fall out or go under. but like you said, there's still a lot of those that the capital's secure, they're moving forward, They're doing it. and regardless, I mean,
0: they, they have to do it. They have to do it. Um, I mean, even- they, know, they don't get to turn it off. No, no. It's already been paid for. It's already done. And so it's, you know, they're they're stuck. And you gotta be really, really careful in those markets. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and, well, and two, if you, need to, if you need to figure out what the supply and demand looks like in your market, use those tools like Radius Plus. We use Veritech stuff as well as software. You go in, look at rates, manage yes. rates, all those things, store local, all of those um and
0: also feasibility studies are musts everybody feasibility studies don't all the way all the way you look at multiple people if you want follow the link below we do that your bank's going to require it you need to do that for investors Mm -hmm. it's like i mean it's it's an absolute must you've got to have a third party analyze it i i see that so many people they're building and we'll literally tell them, like, did you know they're building across the street 100,000 square feet of storage? Mm-hmm. And they had no clue. No idea. And it was literally, you can throw a rock at it from your site. Yeah.
1: No, we had in at one of our locations, we had like half a million square feet of storage planned, like right across the, right street across the streets from one another. Yeah. Our existing facility. Uh, we ended up writing and contacting the facility uh, the the city telling them what a horrible decision it would be if they approved those kinds of things
0: it it would push the it was insane and to give you guys an idea of the fact it it would push it up to like 94 um square feet per capita meaning there was more storage (laughs) doors by far than there were even homes or house doors yeah wild no it was totally bonkers and and they had no clue yeah storage people had no idea no idea
1: well, and the development that was actually happening on the other side of the road next to our facility ended up only building like a sliver of the facility that they yeah.
0: were going to build,
1: yeah. due to all the artificial yep fluctuations. And they that couldn't happened. fill up; they couldn't, couldn't even hire up. a manager. The no, owner had to do nothing. things
0: because he couldn't even pay a manager because they couldn't even fill up.
1: Dude, it's a big deal for sure. And that was in one of the most supplied, oversupplied areas in the country. Yeah, uh, and they were Tampa, putting Idaho. on
0: multiple more. Yeah. Um, it, it, so and that's, Talk to the cities. Talk to the cities. Talk to the cities. Yes. Use software.
1: Feasibility studies.
0: Yes. Ask them what's being mm-hmm. planned. And once again, guys, the big market overall is the environment we play in, but we execute on the micro. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what like we don't I don't look at 2024 and say, the Fed's gonna do that, that means I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The Fed's we're still buying we're still doing right what it does change though is okay we need to be very careful about this this and this and protect because we understand the dangers right that are out there and so it it may change some of the ways that we're moving towards the goal and how we're going but it doesn't change what we're doing Mm -hmm. and uh that's a really important thing because we don't we're not planning on the market now if you would do that most people and this is the frustrating part most people got into storage and it was just like Oh yeah. The market makes you rich. We'll buy a storage facility. They're great. They're awesome. And it goes up. And it's like, that's not how it works. Storage is micro people, Mm -hmm. like super micro. It's how are you operating it? Who's in that three, uh, three mile radius. It's a freaking business It's it's not some real estate asset you just buy and it just does better. Right. And the people that (laughs) treated it like that were the people that got in trouble, but nobody else was that, uh, that stuck to fundamentals operating everything else and you'll avoid those problems so it's frustrating me because it's actually easy to avoid these aren't huge things now obviously once you're doing something you can't stop other people from coming in and everything but before you go into it you can really see these things and plan them out and so you you do need to be careful but also you also need to remember that this is a new normal so if, if you're like, I'm not gonna get into it until it either goes back or when I, you're not, you shouldn't be in it. You mm-hmm. should not be in it if you need the conditions that were not only artificial, but they were crazy to play in this game because there's never a guarantee that those conditions will last and they weren't real to begin with. And if that is how you're gonna be in it, you will end up in a time even when it's good, when it's bad, and you won't know what to do um and you shouldn't be doing that right uh so you guys need to dive in deep look out for it in 2024 these things aren't going to change massively will they change yes um it is going to be a crazy year everybody i cannot express that more uh the noise is going to be wild and don't confuse noise with signals okay um so the signal and the noise as a really, really important concept. And 2024 is going to be so much noise, it will paralyze you. This is gonna be one of the most contentious, wildest times probably in America's history um, with one of the craziest elections ever going on. And a lot of people will think that that noise is signals about fundamentals and investing stuff, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, 24, look past the noise and understand what's actually the signal. And that's what we're doing and looking out for. So when you go into next year, we're looking at fundamentals, we're looking at individual marketplaces. Now I am avoiding areas that I think, as we found in past, that are sensitive to these political times. I'm not investing in areas that is prone to riots, that are prone to all of these other problems because these markets are just tend to be unstable, yeah. right? Business friendly. Yes. We want business friendly, we want governments that are in control. We want governments that are going to stand up, local governments that are not going to put up with shenanigans that are stable that people are have cohesive understanding of who they are, what they stand for, the market, their neighbors, we don't want instability because that can lead to market problems. Nobody wants to move into an area that has riots that will affect your occupancy. And we look at these things, right? But that is the signal on a micro level, not overall. That doesn't mean, oh, we're not gonna buy because we're worried about some political thing. No, but am I walking into this going, yeah, we should really get a this facility in this area in Chicago right. or LA, right? Or so. <laughs> no, absolutely well, again, not.
1: It's all the fundamentals. I mean, we've seen mass exodus in population from those areas. Again, you're
0: just going back to the fundamental of seeing population yeah. growth or decline. Absolutely. Done. 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 And we're not in, so signal and noise. Mm -hmm. The signals are really gonna be local. The Fed, that's who I'm watching out for. What is the Fed gonna do on interest rates? Why, because that affects our customers. And that's what's actually important. Are mortgage, 30 year mortgage rates going to go down or are they going to go up? That will have more effect on your revenue than any other signal probably in the entire marketplace. If you are buying or selling those are different signals with different effects, right? Now, the great thing though about buying and selling is there's things that you can do to change things. Like I can do off-market deals. I can do seller finance deals. I can do creative financing, right? I can hedge against that. I can't hedge if our customers don't need our product. Right. I can't there's nothing I can do about that. I can't hedge if we just have too much supply. I can't change that. Yeah, nothing you can do. So that's where remember that you need to not only be aware of the signal and what it means, but prioritizing it as well. So um, 2024 is our transition year. We are moving into an entire new market cycle and um, it is going to peak out, right? I believe storage has bottomed out on street rates, everything else. We are probably going to buy at least minimum twice as much as we did this year um that's like minimum for me we will be buying and we're going to be buying a lot we will be strategically developing and completing developments and the areas that we are in none of that's changed
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it won't the fundamentals are great we're long-term investors um and uh as long as you have your buy box and it's sound and your investment strategy and thesis is focused on local inputs micro inputs right you can execute and you'll be good Mm -hmm. and so signal on the noise people going into 2024 don't expect the fed to save you don't expect the fed to start slashing interest rates and unless guys we have a big recession that's different right but as of now the new normal right um The market is going to start to warm up and it's going to be weird because the Fed has now announced a change. So I do believe we will see easing on interest rates, Um, but we're also in a political year. So I don't believe there's going to be anything too crazy and dramatic. Uh, So overall, 2024, I believe there's going to be really good things about it lower interest rates i think higher demand i think we're gonna have more projects that should have never been going out shutting down which they should have developments and i believe we'll have uh we're easing more towards a rebalancing of supply and demand and in that leads lots of opportunity because after guys 2024 i strongly believe it is just up up and away like mm-hmm. I, 25 26 are, are going to be gangbusters we will have con very constrained supply uh higher interest rates people won't be developing and that has a tail right that means that 25 6 and 7 is the three-year tail to it so you're gonna have markets that are undersupplied we'll have new monetary policy for new actions in this next coming decade plus so there will be stability clarity in the markets right so tw- that means though that 2024 is the time we have to move we have to take action because by the time 25 26 27 come prices have already reflected it's gone so i'm Hungary is an understatement for 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm likewise bullish on buying. I'm bullish on opportunity, right? But I'm not bullish where I just think that the problems are going to go away and good. In fact, that would be bad because if that happens, I'm not going to get deals. Right. And I know that that's going to happen. And, and I think it's going to happen. Once again, elections are done. And we move into 25, 26, 27. Um, and I still think that 24 offers Offers great opportunities that we need to capitalize on.
1: Absolutely, no. I think it's a good it's a good outlook and, and layout. And one of the things I would add to the, the the noise and the signals have those conversations with the people on your team. Talk to your internal teams, your external teams, and partners. Make sure that they understand that difference as well, yes. um, because that's really key. Uh, you're going to need teams of people to help execute on these
0: things and clarity and clarity. They need clarity. Provide that to them. 100. percent Couldn't agree more. All right, everybody. Hope this helps. Thanks. See you next time.